WMQA. Hello and welcome to WMQA. I'm Dan Grote. And I'm Matt Laswitz. And this week we've brought back some old friends. Uh, they are the husband and wife owners of Farpoint Toys and Collectibles in Mays Landing, New Jersey. Uh, it is Justin and Penelope Daniels. Uh, welcome back, guys. Uh, hey, hi guys. nice to see hey, you guys. Nice to, be or, back. nice to hear you guys. I can't believe it was 2018, <laughs> the last time we were on the show. I know, I know, crazy. crazy. Um, <laughs> well, when every day feels like a year, it's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it feels like 20 years ago Believe we were on the show. I wish it was still 2018, to be honest with you. Ah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> not to not to immediately take it to a down yeah, note. Well, can, yeah, can no. we roll, if we're if we're rolling back time, can we roll it back to like twenty fifteen? <laughs> well listen, nineteen eighty two was a good year for me, so I mean <laughs> how far back are we going? <laughs> <laughs> we're just gonna Benjamin button the shit out of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do I just wanna go back to the beach and play with G.I. Joe's as a kid and have no you know, no stress. Mm. Wait, Joe's at the beach. So you're getting like sand and all like the waste and like the little rubber band in the middle. Oh, Dan. So I was kind of a spoiled kid. So I didn't really, I mean, I loved my toys, but I didn't really like think about the value or what they would cost my parents. So I'd go to the, I grew up in Brigantine on the beach. um, And it's a little short town, you know, it's an island. Uh, So I would go to the beach and set up maybe 15 guys along the shoreline and a wave would come and I'd have about seven guys left. And it, it would just reduce every day how many G.I. Joes I had. I, 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 had, the, uh, I had the twins. I, I had Tomax and Zaymot. Oh, yeah. I don't know what happened. I think I lent them to a, a, a friend. Uh, I'll put that in scare quotes because uh, I only ended up with Tomax. I don't know where the hell Zaymot went. Oh, Zayma, there you go. Zayma is, we just had this discussion yesterday. Zayma is the cooler twin, in my opinion. He's got that facial scar. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, but this is, this, is, this is a really, this is a good icebreaker, actually, because, you know, before, before we, you know, really get into it, you know, what is, what is the first thing that you guys remember collecting? Who like like specifically be like I am a collector nail not as a kid playing with toys but like saying to yourself okay I collect this yeah like I try to complete this okay all right like well, you're there. seeking you're seeking it out now yeah, in a right. way that's but, more than you know can I have this for Christmas yeah that's much more of an adult uh, mentality so than, like as a, as a kid you don't realize you're a collector you're like oh I like that figure I want that figure yeah. but you're not really trying to like uh, complete a collection or. Uh, you're not, it's not a, compu- it's not as compulsive as it becomes when we become adults. Yeah. You know, it's, it's a compulsion for the nostalgia, I think, when we become adults, uh, to recapture that childhood, the innocence of, I like that toy and I want it. Mm-hmm. So when did we become aware of collecting? Well, I've always kind of been a hoarder of stuff. Um, <laughs> she I, collects collections. I do. I got it from my mom. You know, as a young kid, we would go to flea markets and yard sales and stuff like that. We were always picking up cool odds and ends of stuff. I mean, the first time I ever really like knew that I was collecting something, I was probably just like a little kid collecting coins or something like that. Mm-hmm. But like as like a quasi adult, the first thing I really started collecting was belt buckles. I have like 400 belt buckles. Wow. Uh, that's, I've, I'm starting to downsize my collection because I want to focus more on like toys and stuff. And she wears like three. <laughs> like she goes back and yeah. forth between three or four for belt a while buckles. there i had two belts i would wear just so i could wear two buckles at a time but that <laughs> just got weird <laughs> that's but listen that that as, is very stylish in a very yeah. like early 2000s way <laughs> yes thank you yes that's how, that's how long ago it was but as far as like collectible toys and stuff the first thing i guess i started collecting was lunch boxes um that was probably the first 
like mental, okay, I'm going to start collecting nostalgic stuff that makes me think of my childhood. Um, probably lunchboxes. Yeah, for me, it was, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. When I put away my toys as, you know, uh, an adolescent, um, I put away my toys. I discovered music, cars, girls, and toys I could care less about. <laughs> you know, I didn't, not until you get older do you realize that affinity for childhood and that nostalgia, which is the most powerful thing there is uh, with people our age. Nostalgia is such a, you see it when people come in the shop and they look at a case and they, they're not specifically collectors. It's usually somebody who comes with a collector and you see the nostalgia, it hits them. You know, it's like, there's a moment before they realize, well, I had that. And then there's the, when they're like, oh my God, I had that. And you see, it's a completely different, uh, their, their demeanor changes, you know, it, it affects them. And I think that happened to me in the early 2000s. Um, probably when, when GI Joe had a 25th anniversary and they started releasing GI Joe figures again. And I saw them, I had been dabbling in toys like, you know, movie maniacs and just cool toys that didn't exist when I was a kid because, and I just thought they were cool, but they didn't push that nostalgia button. But once I saw the 25th anniversary GI Joes, it was over, completely over. I was, uh, uh, you know, as a kid, the bad guys in GI Joe are Cobra. So as a kid, you know, my mom would buy me one Cobra officer. And I'm like, mom, these are like faceless bad guys. I need like 10 of them. She's like, no, you got one. You don't need more than one. Well, fast forward to me being an adult and being by, by my own, and I have 70 Cobra officers. You need because, an army. I mean, oh, you yeah. need an army. You, know? you need a battalion of stormtroopers, no yeah. doubt. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, that compulsion started with me with 25th anniversary G.I. Joe. And has since uh, then I started recollecting vintage G.I. Joe and basically all that's how this happened kind of that you know that's how we became toy dealers was getting high on our own supply yeah. is really how it started <laughs> i mean you know i started collecting lunch boxes and vintage my little ponies he started doing gi joe of all kinds vintage and new and you know I, I would buy a collection of five ponies but i really only needed one or two of them but it was a whole collection well what do i do with the other three i trade them i sell them to someone else to, to feed my own addiction <laughs> now I, I assume in most relationships there's the one compulsive person and then there's the uh the other side of the relationship who try to who tempers them and says mm -hmm. no you know you can't buy 70 maybe buy five <laughs> well, we enable each other yeah. to a terrible degree it's bad uh yeah. we've enabled each other enough <laughs> that it has become a business so. then that's literally exactly what happened i couldn't say no to him because i'm doing the same thing he couldn't say no to me because i'm doing the same thing and he's doing the well same there was thing. a point when i was buying stuff and there'd be piles in the corner and she'd say where'd that come from and i would say oh i i had I, that I, I, had. <laughs> yeah. I never i've never been to that point because i'm smarter yeah. about it i'll sneak the things in one at a time and just put them immediately on the shelf and he doesn't no. look he doesn't care. There's 300 lunch boxes, 301. He doesn't notice. I don't even notice. But I noticed the giant box in, in the corner all of a sudden yeah. appearing. I'm a little more observant, I think. But uh, <laughs> yeah, thankfully, we're both very lucky that we have each other and we didn't get stuck with the non-compulsive partner. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> did you guys? Did you guys meet through collecting? No. No, it's a, that's. Uh, so this is a, this is adult theme? Yeah, this, this is, we can. <laughs> We've got the explicit rating. It's like, what did I just do? <laughs> but also, oh dear. Oh my. You want to know, how we met? You want to know the story? How not, we met? Sure, sure, yeah. All right, so. I'll, let me tell what. Uh, I'll tell it from my perspective Okay, first. you tell your perspective. Um, I was working at a local arts and crafts store. Um, I was the head of the framing department. 
and a couple friends of mine also worked there with me. And one of them said, hey, this, this cute guy gave me his number when I was working today as I was cashing him out. Um, I'm going to call him. Would you mind, like, if we hung out, hanging out with us? Like, I don't really know him, but I think he's cute. So, like, would you mind kind of being my chaperone? And I was like, all right, that sounds interesting and fun. Like, give him a call. Um, well, it turns out he worked at a adult store in Atlantic City, this gentleman. And mm -hmm. I was like, let's go. We're going now. Like, get in the car. We're going. <laughs> so we, we ran over there and hung out with him for a few hours. And the two of them really hit it off. But one thing that he had said to me was, my friend who works here would love you. And I'm like, yeah, whatever. I have a boyfriend. Whatever. Sure. Okay, sure. Yeah. Uh, well, that other guy was Justin, that friend of his who worked there as well. So we had a video surveillance thing in, now the, you're, now it's getting in the store. <laughs> Obviously, because it's in Atlantic City. It's, 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 it's in a, it was in a pretty bad part of Atlantic City. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, you get all kinds of crazy characters in a store like that. You sure. know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, and Myself we were open 24 hours. And so I came into work the next day and my buddy was like, hey, listen, man, um, I met a couple girls and the one girl, you know, I know uh, if there's such a thing as a type, she is your type. She is, you know what I mean? I know what you're into. We were good friends. Mm -hmm. And he, he brought he brought the, the time up on the video camera and showed me. So, and so I, the first yeah. time I see her is on a video. So camera. he's creeping on me on a video camera. And I was like, oh system. my God, man, you got to introduce me. And he goes, no, man, I think I'm going to keep them both for myself. <laughs> He was a tool. Uh, he was Listen, he was my friend, <laughs> yes. but he was a tool. Yeah. Like, that was the kind of tool he was. It ended up not working out between my friend and his friend. Yeah. Um, but 16 years later, we, we are married and have a business. So there was a point where they they came in again, and I, I, I knew they were coming, so I hung out during his shift. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we kind of hit it off. You know, I, I, I'm not good looking, but I'm charming, I think. Oh, so I, so well, when as soon as you started telling the story about the cute guy, I, was, I wanted to say it wasn't me. I'm not the cute <laughs> one. So uh, we kind of hit it off, but she had a boyfriend, and then she would still come in though. Uh, she had her boyfriend bring her in a couple of times, and I remember we, one we time. We were all kind of friends. I was never friends with your boyfriend. Nah. I remember telling her boyfriend one day, "Listen, dude, I'm going to take your girlfriend from you," and he kind of <laughs> laughed it off, like ha ha ha. And he was he was built like her. Now she is very petite. <laughs> I, I think she's, I don't know if she's even in triple digits at net. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and he, they used to like swap clothes. Like he looked like Brandon Lee in The Crow. He, he, was, he was oh, a wow. tiny little goth dude. Yeah. But like really good looking dude. But, you know, I came in there and. and <laughs> One thing led to another and, uh, and then, Justin stole me away from Brandon Lee. And that was 16 years ago. And that years was 16 ago. years ago. <laughs> wow. So she might have been, asking? she might have been collecting, but she was collecting much different kind of toys. <laughs> <laughs> not we we say that we say that we say that to this day about far point jokingly not yeah, that kind of toy not story. that kind of toy story yeah. <laughs> so that's how we met i hope you regret asking <laughs> i i 100 do not re I, no. I regret nothing <laughs> that's a great story ah <laughs> <Yeah. sighs> oh, man well, 16 years man. yeah yes and uh, i can't believe it's been 16 years since we met it's been 10 years since the store has been a thing it's been three years since we opened uh, at our, our location in, in Mays Landing, Group 40. Uh, I can't believe, and two years since we were last on your show. I can't believe how time is going. Yeah, time goes by fast. Uh, to get back to that, so uh, I was dabbling in collecting when we met, and uh, uh -huh. you were probably dabbling in collecting a little bit. Like I mean, like that. I said, I've always kind of been like a hoarder of stuff. So I, I, by right. then, I was collecting belt buckles. But I think our personalities one of the things we enjoyed doing was going to flea markets and stuff. So I think that um, when the two of us got together, it kind of unleashed the Kraken. You know what I mean? 
that's, that's a good way to put it. And we both are nerdy. You know, when he was an adolescent getting rid of his toys and being into music and girls, he stopped trying to be that nerdy guy. He didn't want people to know he was that nerdy guy. But he's always been that nerdy guy. And I've always yeah, been that nerdy guy. Yeah, I never stopped. Girl. You know, I, I, I rebelled against it so bad because I was just a little fat, thick glasses kid. Is, you know what I mean? But in my teenagers, who wants to be that? So I tattoos and, you know, hung out with bad people and got into trouble and all that BS that comes with being a dumb teenager. But I was really just rebelling against the nerd that I really am. And, I, I you know, she loved me for that nerd. Like, she got, she, she met kind of the baddish guy, whatever, but I was kind of over that anyway. <laughs> but like, she knows I'm the nerd inside and, and, and she made it easy for me to be able to, to embrace that kid who I had fought against for so, the whole first half of my life, or at least my you know te young teenage years and, and up through. Meanwhile, I never stopped being a nerd. I've just always kind of been, I feel, you know, I'm 40 right now. I, I'm the same person I was when I was 15, 17. I, I feel like the same person. So I've kind of never not been a nerd, I guess. <laughs> I have been through stages, boy. <laughs> I've been through different stages of nerdery, but I've always been a nerd part. That's awesome. Aww, that's yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, we're, we're, we're turning back time here and, and, and you know, talking about nostalgia. Um, this, is, this, this has been a year uh, for, for a lot of people. You know, but I, but I also think, you know, you guys more than, than most. For a second here, you know, let's, let's go back to March. Let's go back to March 22nd. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the halcyon days of March 22nd. Uh, halcyon days of March 21st, let's face it. Yeah. No, but, you know, 22nd was the day that our, our governor, uh, you know, said, okay, all, all quote-unquote non-essential businesses have to close because, you know, this, this thing is here. Uh, you know, COVID-19, you know, what is, what is going through your mind that day? So leading up to that day, when he says it, the writing was kind of on the wall. And, yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. For up to a week before then, we had already been kind of cautious in the store, yeah. you know, we're wiping everything down. Someone's like clearing their throat in the store and I'm running the other direction. Um, <laughs> you know, we had, we were cognizant of it. We were very cognizant and it, we had already been very scared. Like when people would come in the store, like Penelope mentioned, if somebody would cough, I would want to, I wouldn't, my, my gut reaction was, would be to say, get out of my store. You know what I mean? Like, what are you doing coughing in my store? So we were ready for the governor to say that because the fear leading up to the 22nd was, was palpable. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So when he said it, I think there was a, along with the fear of what the hell are we going to do? Because there was no unemployment. There was nothing at that time. Yeah. Uh, there was a relief on the other side of it of, okay, well, at least we don't have to risk ourselves. What, what do we do? What do we, what do we do? And we came up with some great ideas, I think, and ideas that have stuck through today and are going to stick and be part of what Farpoint does even when we are going to be, when we reopen. Mm -hmm. So uh, it was unreal, Dan, to be honest with you. Like who, yeah. To, for for the government to say you have to close your store, I understand this, the safety. I understand both sides of the argument, and all. And and, and, yeah. and there's I, no right, perfectly right answer that works for everyone. And no. you know, everybody keeps throwing around the word unprecedented, but it, there's no other word to describe it. Yeah. I mean, what it never in in the history. Now, uh, what makes a business essential? You can get so deep into this. Yeah. And, Why is Walmart essential? Yeah. Why is Home Depot? Why is 
why are people going to Home Depot and buying flowers to plant in their gardens because they have nothing else to do? Essential. And to be honest, we could have done some shady-ish stuff to, to pretend Stop they're essential. Stop toilet paper. Start selling hand sanitizer. Right, yeah. exactly. And that, we, we that puts keep, a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, it, we never really considered that for more than a split second because it, it, while we could have probably been able to get away with it, it puts a bad taste in our mouths. And it's not, it's not at the heart of what we're doing. You know, putting people at risk, that's not what we wanted to do, ever, right. ourselves or, or customers. Well, they so. got to put themselves at risk by choosing to come as well. So there's yeah, a whole... There's there's a flip-flop of... of yeah. Yeah. So... I don't know if we've say, covered what you know. <laughs> uh, we kind of went around about what you were trying to ask us. No, it's, it's, it's all good, but... Yeah. Let's, let's actually, let's talk about the adaptation part of it yeah. because you guys did mention, you know, there are things that you guys started doing after the shutdown that are going to be part of your business model for now on, you know, from now yes. on, you know, how well, did you, so how did you guys about, adapt? Well, I want Penelope to, to discuss. Penelope uh, is our social media. She, <laughs> she is, she is our, our, I'm the IT department. She's our, exactly. So I think to do with, like, social media. She's been great at, so I think we were, we were, uh, we were ready to use the power we had, uh, she had built, you know what I mean? Like you're really building me up. Thank you. Well, <laughs> but over the past few years, we have built an audience and I think we were in a good position to be able to, to transition that audience into some sort of, um, you know, some sort of revenue from, or attention. Yeah, our, Like you were saying about our audience, it, you know, our audience went from being passive to being uh, interactive with us. The first thing we did when we realized there was, we were gonna be closed, how else can we make money? Uh, Facebook Live. It's a great way for people to, they can see us face to face, we can interact with them. It's just like as close to being in the store as possible. Right. And we like to say that we have like kind of a store experience and we were trying to figure out how to bring that to people. So the first thing we thought of was Facebook Live because we know that there are some of our contemporaries that don't have physical locations that use that. So we decided to use that. It's a great tool um, and, and the fact that we had a lot of followers and the fact that basically everyone is a captive audience. Now. Yes, that was everyone was going to be looking for something to, to do. You know, yeah. we didn't know if they were going to spend money because n nobody really knew what was going on with jobs and unemployment and, and everything still, like that. Some at the people time. still don't know what's right, going exactly. on. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But um, March twenty second, the first day we were closed was the first day we did one of our Barter Town. Uh, and that's just a cute name we came up with. We both love Mad Max. It's one of the first things we ever connected on 16 years ago. And the whole barter town, it's like a post-apocalyptic yeah. sale. sale I mean, if this isn't post-apocalyptic so. dystopian, what is right now? Yeah, so <laughs> so we, uh, we branded it as this barter town cute thing. And we put on our little Mad Max costumes for the first one. And <laughs> for the first did, 10? For the first yeah, five Yeah, we, 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 we were actually like, dressing up in Mad yeah, Max costumes have, in the beginning. I, Max I couldn't be bothered now. now <laughs> It's, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's just, uh, you know, we know what we're doing. Well, now, especially, we're off location, so we're... Yeah, we're, yeah. yeah we'll get to that. Yeah, we'll get to that. So but, the uh, store became a warehouse and a studio for us to process, because that's another thing we've always done. I, one, of the, one of the legs that keeps us standing has always been selling online. It has to be. <laughs> you know, you can't, uh, especially during the winter months, we are, we're, in a, uh, we're in a seasonal area. You know, South Jersey... It, it, no doubt about it is seasonal and although you know we're a destination people come to us during the winter it's always better in the summer so you know during the winter we'd have to sell online as much as possible anyway to keep the lights on to keep income coming in um so we still did our online uh, our regular you know ebay sales and that kind of thing we were using the store as kind of the warehouse yeah packing and shipping online orders and the barter town orders which uh, we were blown away. The first, the first one we did, 
I think we did Transformers first. Yeah. And we just, we had like 50, 60 viewers, which is, we had never had that many people watching us do anything before. Mm. And people bought like everything we were showing them. Yeah. So we were blown away and we knew that we'd hit on something that we were able to connect with people and they connected with us and it, it worked. We say what we're doing is bringing the store experience to, to them because they can't come to the store. And mm -hmm. I think that's what's super important. Before we decided to do these uh, claim sales, I had watched a few. And they are fucking terrible. They're For the most part. <laughs> and I'm allowed to say this because yes. of me. It's a fat, white-bearded dude sitting there hawking his wares with Doritos in his, his beard and, and just no personality and no flavor and no energy. And, and although the stuff is cool, you, you just can't stand sometimes watching the person. You know what I mean? We, we knew it had to be some, we had to try and stand out yeah. or at least be ourselves. You know, that if, when you, if you come to the store, this is what you're going to get. You're yeah. going to talk, sit and talk to us in the exact same yeah. way. I'm not going to shut up. No. And, and most, people, <laughs> most people come to the store and enjoy that. You know, it's one of the, they come up weekly for that experience, not yeah. just the stuff, which no. we have new stuff every week, yeah. hopefully, but it's also to hang out camaraderie, we're, we're, we're all like-minded and, and it doesn't just talk about toys. We talk about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. Just like with COVID right now, we, we have conversations and yeah. we wanted to bring what, cause we love it too. If we didn't enjoy that aspect of it, we would not be, we would not have a brick and mortar store. No, absolutely not. Cause we're not we would in it just for the money. Sell <laughs> yeah. If we're in it for the money. We'd be out. Yeah. So we wanted to, to at least be able to do that with people too. So we brought that to the claim sale. And it's worked. Yes. Uh, it's it's we've we've generated a great audience, and we have a lot of fun doing it. So your first one was Transformers. What other themes have you done? Uh, so we started with Transformers, then we did GI Joe, and those were just like basically us touring the store. Like this is our GI Joe case. To the case. Does right. anybody see something they want? Okay, well we'll talk about this, this, and this. Um, then I think we did some comics, um, just a pile of comics we had laying there because someone had requested it. Um, then we did three weeks of vintage video games. We went through, we, we don't sell a ton of video games in store. It's not one of our strong uh, categories, but we, we, accumulate, but we accumulate quite a, quite a bit. So we ended up doing three weeks. We went through every title we had in store yeah. and it, it, went, it was phenomenal. And I have to say those three weeks, we got over, I think 1500 to 2000 new likes on our page because friends and people who, who follow us were sharing it in yeah. groups. Well, we're called Farpoint Toys, so the comic and, and video game aspect of what we do isn't as well known as the toy aspect. Um, another thing is we could have put everything on eBay this is a great point. that we sold on the Bartertown claim sales. But, and this is just between us. No one else is listening, right? This is part <laughs> of our... Uh, yeah, yeah. This, we this have no following. Our, off yeah. the record. Yeah. <laughs> it's just our moms. So <laughs> Please, get my mom's listen to a podcast. <laughs> my mom tunes into our claim sales every week and she's, I have to say, hi, mom. She's hilarious. She's, she's so cute. She has no idea what she's going to um, say. <laughs> we, if we wanted to, we could list everything in the cases in the store online sell everything in a month and have tons of income coming in. But I don't know about tons. What, what, <laughs> what would the point be? Because people like coming to the, the stores are most important. And we're not dead. We're not going anywhere. Even before the fire, which we'll talk about, I'm sure. Yes. Uh, we had every intention of reopening. We're not shuttering. Yeah. So we can't. We don't want to clear the cases yeah. just to survive by selling online. So mm. what happened is we started going around with the live claim sale, going to the cases. And like Penelope said, we blew out our entire video game selection 
And, and it was great because money came in, but we were like, oh my God, we just wiped a case out in the store. Now people come in, there's like an empty case in the store, which is, it sucks. I don't, I don't like looking at it that way. Mm-hmm. So we had to uh, figure out, all right, we are reopening at some point. This nope, is before no the question. governor made a, an announcement about reopening. Mm-hmm. We don't want to reopen lesser than we closed. We want to reopen better than we closed. But we need to keep this claim sale thing going on. Well, buying is the one thing that is so important to us that COVID has dried up. Mm. Because we don't have the doors open um, two or three times a week, sometimes oh, twice a day, yeah. people would stop and say, hey, do you buy things? Uh, you know, because it's impulsive sometimes with people. Yeah. You know, they have a tub in the corner. Well, that that has dried up, and it's made it very hard for us to keep stock for stores, stock for online, and stock for the claim sales. Mm-hmm. And in that aspect, we're kind of that, – that's one way we're suffering in that way because we don't yeah. want to clear out the cases in the store and not be able to refill them. Um, but you noted, said- I've got eight tubs of action figures from the 80s sitting oh. in my garage – I have money in my pocket for you. Yeah, my, my parents sold our family house and they put all of them, all of my, to- it's uh, He-Man and Thundercats and real Ghostbusters. I, I love hearing that. Um, I mean, my father sold the vintage Star Wars already. That was the real money, but there's still good money in He-Man and everything else. Oh, yeah. But it's just they've been sitting in my garage, and my parents like, you know, you can have the money. It's like, no, no, no. You guys bought all these for me. You guys (laughs) and my uncles bought all these for me and my brothers. You guys need to take this money because y'all are retired, not a fixed income. And I just got to find some way to get these out of my garage because that garage will soon become the the, the comic book. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because – that's, I'd love to take a look yeah. at it and we'll, we'll give the money to your parents. Yeah, well. <laughs> we always say this. Uh, it's just money, people have, sitting, it's just money yeah. sitting in tubs. If you're not avidly collecting. It's just sitting there. Unless there is a, a sentimental attachment, which I understand, where you're like, I just can't sell my toys. Well, we yeah. get that. You can't even put a price on that. I, I feel that way about my stuff. I mean, <laughs> I'm going to dig through the, the tubs in case there's any uh, DC superpowers left in there, since DC remains my awesome, my biggest fandom. But I think what ones of those I have, I have separate in the little carrying case that they awesome. made back in the day. Yeah, or in the I remember Justice. Yeah. Uh, but... Aside from that, it's like, it's all that. Um, I think some of my brother's wrestling toys, they're a little newer because I'm the eldest. And some Transformers, too. Yeah. Nice. You're speaking our language, oh, man. Oh, I'm loving it. Yeah. See? The, 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 but yeah. I, connections. I, right. I don't, I'm, I, Lord knows I'm not, you know, it's like, boy, let's have some guests on so I can sell some toys. But it's one of these <laughs> things where it's just a character. It's like, you're talking about this. It's like, my, fa- my parents were talking about this. It's like, no, we're going to come. We're going to pick them up. And we're going to shop them around. I'm like, Dad, you know... The, the circles that I run in, right? Yeah, I'm the, the power. One, I'm yeah. the one who's going to find the people who can, who, who will take these, who I can trust to take these. Uh, well, that's another thing. You, if, price. If, you know, one bad buy where you're not um, honest with someone. You, you like superpowers. Say I went through and I found a cyborg, which is a, a holy grail in superpowers. The only one I but never I had. But I don't. But I didn't tell you, and it, and 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 it get, you can't do that to people because we live and die by our reputation. The minute it gets out that these people rip me off, no one sells you anything. And there are local businesses that I don't that have been around this area for fifty years that I don't want to call out that 
they have a reputation like that. And we're not going down that road. Oh, yeah. I worked in a comic shop for 15 years. And that was the first thing that my boss who owned that store. It's like, you offer a fair price for a yep. fair book. Totally. Now, now the, yeah. the, 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 what do I call them? Mean potato books. You know, it's, it's, a, it's an average price per. But yeah. if you pull a Spider-Man 300 or a new, you know, yeah, something you pull good a key. out of it, you have to say, this is the good yeah. book in this lot. I'll buy the whole lot and pay you this for this book yes. and the rest of the books are kind of eh. And that's just always, I mean, that's always the way we've, we've done things. Like, there's no other way yeah. to, to run a business of any kind. Oh yeah, there, there would be people who would come in and they would they would have a whole collection. They're like, you know, I brought this small selection and I think there's always, and sometimes they would have one key in the middle of most of these, you know, sort of random books. Yeah. And I think what they were trying to do was see if the dealer... Right. Yep. If they were going to call out the fact that yeah. you've yeah. got a uncan an X Men one thirty seven final part of the Dark Phoenix saga yep. that you've that even if this person isn't a comic book person they've researched and seen that that is a book that is desirable and if you didn't call out that book then you're not they're not going to bring the whole collection to you totally yeah if you don't know that and to offer me something decent for that well. What are you going to do with, you know, anything else? You know, and that's smart for the, the seller. You want to be able to maximize what you're selling and still have the understanding that you're who you're, who you're selling it to has a broader audience and, and a way to make money on it. What was that noise? Oh. <laughs> um, all right. So let's, let's, let's move forward uh, a, a month because the next thing that happens in April, you guys announce uh you know I, i'm not sure how far how far back you found out but the rest of us i found out you know you guys were going to be on a uh, a docuseries amazon uh the production company that does uh the toys that made us they're doing this show this docuseries yeah. Yeah. Boy, the company. Yeah. company. Uh, we didn't find out that much sooner that much earlier than than the rest of the world <laughs> <laughs> well so the, the thing is they did it because of COVID. Yeah, it was, right. It was yeah. COVID based. Yeah. So, uh, so I guess they probably had a hot meeting where they were like, "We have a great idea. We want to, you know, we want to uh, spotlight the, what's happening right now with all these stores, these toy stores, because obviously they did the toys that made us, and they have a huge cult following about the whole nostalgia toy thing going on right now. Um, and a few of their producers are aware of us and have been in the store, and are, a couple of friends. Yeah. Um, no, we, this came out of the blue for us. Yeah, you know, it came out of nowhere. We got a message we, saying, you guys interested in doing, yeah. being on a show. Uh, my friend Brian, who's a producer on the toy, uh, Toys Made Us, just shot us a message and said, hey, uh, this new idea is kind of boiling. Um, Brian Volkweiss is working on this thing. He's the nacelle company. Um, are you guys interested? You're the first name that came to mind for stores that could ha be helped by this. Are you guys interested? And we said, absolutely. Whatever you want, whatever you need, we're in. So whenever we announced it, we probably found out the day before, honestly. Okay. I mean, or whenever we got like, uh, whenever they, the go they, ahead, they go so, ahead, yeah. it, it's going to happen. You can announce it. Um, and it turns out, I mean, it's, it's different than anything you've ever seen documentary series because it's all self-shot. Yeah, they right. couldn't send um, film crews. Yeah. So all the stores self-shot, uh, you know, mostly. Some of those stores were in places that weren't fully closed down. So they may have been able to get someone to help them out. But most of us filmed it um, totally self-shot. Um, Which is so funny. It's so weird. It's like you ever see Man vs. Wild, and it's just Bear, <laughs> supposed to be Bear Grylls alone. And mm -hmm. like he's climbing up a mountain, so he sets the camera up, climbs the mountain. Well, you don't see is him climbing back down, getting the, getting the gear, packing yeah. it up, going back up the mountain, setting it up in the next spot. That's a lot what it's like. Because we had to get shots of us like 
going in the store. So we'd have to set the camera up, walk up to the door like we're just getting there, yeah. open the door, close it, like turn the lights on. You know, just the whole, there's so much behind it's, the scenes yeah, of it. It's reality TV, but it's like manicured almost. Like, cause you're doing it yourself. We have to do weird yeah, so things weird. to make it work. And then we, you know, we, we sat and talked like this to a camera, yeah. but there was no one asking us questions. So we had like a Ninja Turtle set up to the side and we were, we were talking to Raphael. Yeah. I was like, okay, uh, right? And we would like <laughs> answer questions to Raphael. Asking questions, answering questions that hadn't actually been asked by a Ninja yes. Turtle. It was, it was weird. Amazing. Uh, I can't, we can't thank those guys enough for inviting yeah. us to be part of this crazy process. It was absolutely amazing, weird and, and wonderful. Just in the middle of everything, we're closed, we're filming stuff. It was, it was amazing. Yeah, it's funny, uh, the pandemic, you know, we, we've, we've been pretty good at like garnering attention and people paying attention to us. But as soon as the pandemic began, it was almost like a, we called it our COVID press tour because <laughs> they reached out to do that. Um, someone from the AC press came and did an interview. Mm -hmm. uh, who else? We, we did a couple pod um, podcasts. We just did a couple just like podcasts with friends of ours. The, the Minnesota Toy Posse reached out to us. Yeah, there was just like two Jeff weeks of Brandon. like people like, we want to talk to you guys. And we're just like, oh my God. Like Johnny geez. from Monkeys Aquarium across the Oh right, yeah, we did a thing in, for a guy who has a toy store in London. Because everybody was doing online content. Because there's yes. no, like, there's, everything's online content. Yeah. So we kind of feel like we did like a little COVID press tour. Yeah. We were on a ton of podcasts in like a two week period and filming this thing for them. And Which is why we're so good at answering these questions right now. <laughs> yeah, so good. <laughs> so good. We let them warm you up for us. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're a we're a well polished machine oh, yeah. now. Oh yeah, oil, yeah. <laughs> no. Um, how how long were you? What how long a period were you actually? Uh, you know, filming yourselves and and oh, talking talking to Raphael. <laughs> so the 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 bulk the first thing we did uh, the first thing when they first contacted us they said listen don't mention COVID this is not COVID yeah, it's no COVID at all just do like a little talk about your ten favorite toys in the store talk a little bit about how you guys like met and how you started and that's it that's right so we filmed that over the course of one day um, mm -hmm. with help this was before. I actually specifically yeah. asked our contact I said do you want me to mention what's going on with COVID yeah. he was like no don't mention anything. Yeah. So we filmed that in just like a few hours with uh, Paul Brown from Spotlight Marketing. So I get that this was that before was COVID before, really smashed. Yeah, yeah, it was actually before the lockdown. We did just a one day, couple hours, and then maybe a week. That's it. Yeah. So they had the concept. I'm yeah. sorry, I misspoke earlier. They had okay. the concept of the show. Um, I guess they still wanted to self shot because COVID was just kind of happening. Yeah. The whole thing was, there was always no shutdown. It was always going to be self shot. But once the shutdown happened, they yeah. transitioned it to being More how it affected specifically affected the stores. I think it was, the intention of it was always to help stores that were in trouble because of COVID. But I think once more stores became shuttered, they decided to really shift the focus to yeah, more of a Yeah, especially once it went nationwide. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so after that, they said, listen, can you shoot some more COVID stuff? And that was a laundry list of stuff. And that took us probably three or four days because it was just us. You know, everybody was right. locked down, heavy lockdown at that point. So we didn't have Paul or anyone else to help us out. So it was just the two of us. And it took us probably three or four days just again, interviewing ourselves, interviewing ourselves <laughs> figuring out what we want to say. And we actually shot a lot of footage of just our town of Maze Landing. Everything, the, the beaches were closed, parks were closed, roads were yeah, closed, there were, um, playgrounds you know, were closed. The, around the playground, it was like police line, do not cross. Yeah. yeah. And, and just think about the, the imagery of that. When we look back on this in 10 or 20 years and see things like that, it's so sad and so serious. 
and, and crazy. I, and, I hope we're able to look back on it and be like, man, thank God that those days are over. You know, it's going to be year 27 of the <laughs> dystopian <laughs> future. We're not at that point right now. So it's so hard. To talk about. <laughs> but, um, we're still, you know, still in the heat of it, but that was, yeah. the, and, then and then other things and, then and they asked for more footage, but you're going to get to that. I'm yeah, sure. They yeah. More footage uh, from a, for a different problem. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're getting there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's been a hell of a timeline. It's been a hell of three months. Period. <laughs> yeah. Um, have you uh, your 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 episode hasn't aired yet? Correct. No, it actually just got pushed back because yeah. of additional footage. Yeah, our original air date was going to be um, our premiere date was going to be August twenty first, and we were going to be episode five. They've now changed us to episode six, and we're not sure if the date is going to change or not because they're they're actually going ahead of schedule. They've released episodes even faster than they expected, mm. um, so we may still be on on point for August end of August as okay. episode six instead of five. Mm -hmm. um, but what's really cool and unique about this whole thing. Um, the majority of the proceeds for these episodes are going directly to the stores affected. Um, and as such, they are getting these episodes out as soon as they're ready. So the minute their editing guy says, okay, done, it goes up with almost like very little notice. So they're just getting it out there because every view equals a few cents in the pockets of these stores. We are totally going to be able to buy a tank of gas probably. Listen, <laughs> I'm not doing it again. We said this earlier. We don't do this. We're not in no. it for the money. Well, I mean, you, uh, let's, be, let's be completely honest. These guys are professional. We have to keep ourselves supported the, and our bills paid. The attention, hopefully, yeah. turns into some sort of revenue and uh, somehow. That's really what it... Just like this. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, we might have just bought a toy collection. So you never know how things work. <laughs> the more people that see and you talk to. It never hurts to have more eyes on anything you're doing. Right. True. So, uh, you know, having them reach out to us, the whole thing has just been... Well, unless you're like... Uh, <laughs> Well, I mean, negative press is still press, but I don't, what are you trying to say? <laughs> you know, like Ghislaine Maxwell or any of those, Jeffrey Epstein, you don't want to, the more eyes on what you're doing is not good. <laughs> right. that, that whole, there's no such thing as bad press thing, <laughs> not go so far. You cross a certain point and you enter a singularity and it's yes. yeah. no good of that. <laughs> Absolutely. But anyway, to bring it back around. <laughs> Sorry. To, to run far away from Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please. Um, Don't hashtag this. No. That. <laughs> <laughs> please, not. Why? This is not that kind of toy store. We already said that. <sighs> and now for the Q&A segment of our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Oh, Our next guest, Alex Jones. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. Here we go. Pull back here. I'm going to drink my coffee and be quiet. <laughs> the comic skates guys are going to be fans oh, of this Jesus. one. Oh, okay. God, no. No, <laughs> we rarely edit things out, but anything that would get that crowd listening, we're going to have to edit that out. You have to. You, you absolutely have to. Please, please, please. Oh, God. Oh. Another segment where I talk directly to Ethan Van Skyver. No, um. <laughs> Justin doesn't even know who that is. No, that's the guy who started it, right? Okay. You yes. Okay, just make sure. <laughs> she gives me no um, credit. I do. I give you no credit. So I, I guess I wanted to know a little bit, you know, dealing with, with you know, a lot of I know with, with, you know, comic, dedicated comic shops, there's retailer forums, you know, I, I know how they kind of, I have an idea of how they kind of interact with, with, with toy shops, you know, in your guys' case, with these shops that we're seeing on a toy store near you, you know, what is that, is that community like? 
So uh, we belong to a bunch of comic forums on Facebook. I think you and I are in a couple groups together. Um, that's uh, weirdly enough more structured than any kind of toy retailer community. Mm -hmm. um, a, a toy store near you has really brought a lot of us together. Um, we're friends with some of those guys now and we weren't before. Um, it, it, we're more loose, it's more loose. We're good friends with a lot of local toy guys. South Jersey, I mean, I say toy guys, I shouldn't, toy folks. Um, <laughs> South Jersey, it, we're all so close. Um, but as far as the There's broader a community- lot in South Jersey yeah. of what we do it's, it's a It's a toy and comic mecca, as you so eloquently put right. it a few years ago. Uh, I think because of the, the, the population and the fact that we're between New York and, and, yeah. and Philadelphia, um, but the, the community in general uh, with people, what we do, first of all, it's very competitive. Um, you know, it's not like we're ordering from diamond. That's not our mm -hmm. business model. Although there right. are, are aspects that we do, you know, but the, the, the margins, uh, we ran from the idea of just being a, what we call a air quotes diamond store. Mm -hmm. it, it, first of all, there's, there's a lack of soul. I think with that store where it's just the new stuff. I love the stuff and you have to have the stuff. But there's something to be said about the, the vintage nostalgia, which you don't get with, uh, you know, new Marvel Legends. They're cool. They're just not, they don't bring that feeling. And, and for us, it's about the feeling. Um, so we don't really, we, we shied away from the, the diamond um, model. Now we're in the vintage reselling model, which is a very competitive, you know, think about how many blue snaggletooths are in South Jersey. Right. You know, a few thousand, you know, who knows? I'm just saying a rare toy. Yeah. Um, and how many toy shops are after that one rare toy? It, it's, it's a very competitive and we all like to pat each other on the back and say, man, when, you know, when people post a collection, they just got into the store and, and publicly we're like, man, that's awesome. But let me be honest with you, privately we're like, damn, we wish that was in our store. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's just, it's that's just human just nature. Thing. Yeah. It's, you always want yeah. what everybody has. Um, but that being said, we have a great relationship with a lot of other local stores. Sure. If I don't have something that a customer's looking for, I'm not going to say I don't have it. Go on. Oh, eBay. no. No, mm -hmm. I'm going to call Crossroads. I'm going to call Scott at Play With This. Yeah. I'm going to call other stores that are locally and say, hey, do you guys have this? My customer's looking for it. Absolutely. Even yeah. with new comics, we send people to level up. I mean, yeah. it's, 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 it's actually stupid to, um, to be negative about it or try and hide the fact that there are other stores. You're just, you're just shooting yourself in the foot because – at the end of the day, people have to like you. I mean, it really comes down to, I don't know, there are some collectors that don't have to like you to buy your stuff. <laughs> I mean, if I'm helping somebody who's looking for that blue snaggletooth and I know that Scott at Play With has got one in, I'm not going to act like I have no idea where to find it. Yeah, that's totally true. No, uh, you know, that's we're not, for the collector. It's not good yeah. for anybody. It's not good for yeah. Scott. It's not good for us. It's not good for my customer, which is the most important Let's thing. Let's be honest. Our, our partner, the, 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 the number the three yeah. in, in the three, Frank, Frank. owned a, it's a toy store. Uh, 20 minutes from us and when we were in level up we, we were in level up for seven years seven years yeah um and we did toys and you know vintage toys and frank was 20 minutes from us and frank was a friend at a place that we shopped before we decided we were going to do toys mm -hmm. before we had that opportunity yeah um and we said frank we're thinking about doing a toy store and he came in and looked around and said hey man cool store um let's just send people let's just send customers back and forth because one th we had one thing he didn't have we had the uh, you know the mall and the glut of people that used to go to the mall yeah um and he was a, just a destination in richland yeah. so so we realized early on that working with the other stores uh was a boon instead of a bane if there's if that's a good way to put it you know because a lot of collectors and we know this from from doing road trips we wouldn't we wouldn't just go out to one toy store if we were going out 
we would make a little list and go to the mall. So it, it kind of makes it more fun. I think uh, as long as it's all about the stuff. Yeah, and it's a lot. I mean, think about it. Where there's a Lowe's, there's a Home Depot. Where there's a Walmart, there's a Target. There's a reason for that. Yeah, but that's all a race to the bottom, though. It is a race you to know, the bottom. Yeah, they can restock and restock. But the idea remains the same. If I'm going to Richland to go to a toy store, I have to drive past Farpoint. I'm going to go to both places. Yeah, but that being said, if Lowe's opens up across the street from us, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> <laughs> but that in the vintage toy community, it, we were able to strike up relationships like that. And because of that relationship we have with Frank, fast forward, how long did we know Frank? 10 years? Yeah. Well, Fast forward 10 years. We become and partners. He closes his store yeah, and we all get to do it together. We end up partners with him. We end up leaving the mall. We end up partnering up with him. We end up buying a building. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, other than the whole COVID pandemic fire shutdown and, thing, and let's it's be been honest. great. <laughs> Listen, so our, our, our I, I hate to use the word competitors, but you know, the, 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 the people who do what we do in South Jersey, mm -hmm. we like them all very much. They have some great stores and they get some great stuff, but honestly, we're the best at what we do. <laughs> You're so modest. <laughs> you guys do a lot of cons before there, when there, those were the things that happened? We like going to cons. We hate setting up at cons. Ah. I, I am, there's a reason that the store opens at noon when, it, when it's open. <laughs> we're not early bird. I am not an early bird. If Justin had his way, he'd get up at like 7.30 every day. Not me. I'll sleep until 11. That's just, I'm a night, I'm a night owl. Yep. So we don't really do too much as far as cons go. Not it's, setting up, but we love going Not setting up. I love going to cons. Yeah. Um, yeah. But just, now that we have a location, we don't really need to do shows, if that makes sense. Um, okay. Having to keep online stock, you know, and store stock. It's too many different kinds well, of stock, and I would never want to strip the store to go to a to show. Go to a show, yeah. But I'm not sure. Were you asking if we set up and sell at cons or just enjoy the con atmosphere? Uh, the, the former, but the latter. It was just because oh. you were talking about Play With This, which does the Merchantville. They shut yeah. down the block. Oh, well, that's, that's his own thing. And, and let me tell you something. Um, that idea initially, to be honest, came from Frank, and it's a toy store. Mm -hmm. um, before... Uh, Anybody. Yeah, so uh, Scott used to be in like the, um, what was that little mall the before he got in Mark. Yeah, the Pet Talk and Mark. Yeah. Yep. Um, Frank I... was the, really the first to do, he did It's a Toy Show, and he had a big lot next to the store, and he said, listen, one, one day I was just like, why don't we do a free-to-vend, free-to-attend thing um, where, as like a thank, as like a thank you, you to yeah. people, and we can get the other toy dealers, and it's free for them to set up, and that was 13 years ago now was the first yeah. one. Um, and it just grew to this insane thing. And Richland, the town, is a tiny little town of Richland. Postage stamp, yeah. Um, Richland saw that people were coming to this town that would never come there. So they started doing Richland Day, basing their mm. annual town celebration yeah. on It's a Toy Show at Frank's store. So we've transitioned the It's a Toy Show to Farpoint. We've done it for... Uh, we can't do it this year, yeah, obviously. We're, not, we're, we're hoping to maybe still be able to do it once we can reopen later this year. But it's, so that's one con we do do, but honestly, we don't set up. We have the store. Yeah. So uh, we shop it. The, 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 be, the best <laughs> thing about that con is 6 a.m., 5 a.m., when everyone's setting <laughs> up and I'm giving them their spots. I'm out there with a flashlight right, yeah. looking for superpowers. <laughs> you know, I want to find the uh, – I want to find – cyborg out Speaking there of but we, it's grown into a thing where we had last year we had uh, food trucks uh, ice cream trucks we had almost 100 vendors we had an ice cream truck food nice. trucks it's atlantic city electric actually works with us they let us use their big parking lot yeah. mm. because the the, the the property around the store is big enough for 80 vendors but for, not for parking 
So what it is is uh, Lansing City Electric, who are, are doing a great community outreach by letting us do that. Yeah, and they're right across the street. So they let people park there and then walk over to the show. And it's a great time. And it's, it's a lot like that show that Scott does. Yeah. 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 That, that's within walking distance of my house. Oh, yeah. What a great... One. Dude, Scott. I love that little town. That little town. Was so what, cool. it, was, it was so good of him to find that little store. Because before that, he was in the Pentalk and Mart. And that's, you know what I mean? That was kind of out of the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, his store was awesome. But the, the place itself wasn't that cool. But to find that little, the big window he's got and that mm -hmm. little Street USA vibe, that's the one thing that we don't have it because we're on a very busy uh, state road highway. Uh, we don't have that Main Street USA vibe, which I love so much. But there's nothing like that here in South Jersey. The closest thing you got with us is probably uh, in Egg Harbor City, which no one is going to want to drive over there and shop and walk up and down. It just doesn't. It's not that. Mm -hmm. It's not that kind of retail, unfortunately, because it has the vibe, right? Right, Dan. I mean, if you look at um, like just that down, that, that Main Street USA kind of vibe. Yeah, Egg Harbor <laughs> City is the closest. It has like the part, the parking and the, yeah. and the storefronts. It just doesn't uh, lend Avenue itself. And Vineland used to be like that. Yeah, if Scott's it, if, lucky he has that little town. Mercy yeah, oh, I love I, I I can walk to downtown Merchantville in ten minutes from awesome. my front door. I've gone up there for car shows. I've yep. gone up there for Scott's show. Yeah. Yep. I live right on the border between Pensacola and Merchantville, like two block, two houses down. It changes oh, gonna, from Pensacola to Merchantville. I'm going to pay you better than Scott would for your toys, so you tell your parents that. <laughs> <laughs> we will beat any deal. Oh, we are making we are making deals. I love it. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so we we we've, we we talked about the docu series. Uh, a couple of weeks before, uh, you know, the governor eventually was like, okay, we'll, you know, we'll open up non-essential retail. Something happened. It was actually two days after um, the well, governor announced that non-essential retail could open. Uh, he said that we can reopen on the 15th, on the 1st. So, so yeah, explain okay. it better. <laughs> on the 1st, the yeah. governor announced Non-essential non retail, retail could open on the 15th. Yes. And then on the 3rd, you continued. Yeah. So uh, June 3rd, I, I always check the weather before we go out to the store. And uh, I, I noticed on my weather app, it said it, was, it might rain, a little bit of a storm. And I'm like, ah, no big deal. I, I actually like thunderstorms. No big deal. Um, so about 1.15, 1 1.20, um, I noticed the sky's getting dark. The wind's starting to pick up a bit. Um, we had a bird nesting right outside of our side door. So um, the wind's whipping up. It's getting dark. I'm in the back doing some work. Justin goes to check on the bird because we're a little bit worried. Is the bird going to get blown away? She chose a really bad place for a nest, right on a ledge here. So he opens the door. He pokes his head out. Bird's fine. Bird, bird. Spoilers, the bird was fine. Um, bird's fine. He closes the door. He goes and sits back. We have a table in our main room at the store. And he goes and sits back. He's processing some toys. And all of a sudden, bam. Big bang. Lights go out. Oh, okay. Another bang. He hears sizzle, 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 pop, bang, sizzle. Sees flames shooting out of the back wall. And I'll take, you take it from there. <laughs> so out of the corner of my eye, the back walls were our breaker boxes. So the first bang, the power went out. And I was like, oh, man, you know, something. It's yeah. just a windy a th a thunderstorm. It happens. Mm -hmm. uh, the second bang, I heard a, a you know, the electrical sizzle noise. Yep. I heard that yeah. like, there was, like in a movie in the electric chair. And out of the corner of my eye, I see the brightest light. Like if you ever watch Terminator and Sarah Connor's at the fence and in the distance is the <laughs> nuclear bomb and I saw a bright light out of the corner of my eye like that. And I'm like, what the hell? And the electrical box just bursts into flame and starts melting. 
<laughs> never seen anything like it in my life. And I said, oh my God, we're being hit by lightning. Because yeah. I can't think of anything else that causes that kind of electricity. Yeah. So I'm in the back room. So I, I, I run back yeah. there and, and I, I, now I'm looking at the panel. I'm not touching it because it's sizzling and uh, in flames. And I'm thinking, that's electric. What, what do I do? Mm -hmm. uh, and I said, Penelope, I think there's a fire. And at she, that point, I'm in the back room. I had heard the bangs and everything. He's shouting, there's a fire. I run out. I'm, it's so it's pitch dark, black. It's black in except the for the, the, the flames now that are in the <laughs> yeah, electrical box the on the light. wall. <laughs> and now hitting comic boxes, because I'm trying to pull comic boxes away from the wall. You know, it's a, it's a store. We have things packed everywhere. Yeah. Um, so she brings me the, the uh, fire. I have, my, I have my phone for light. And he, I need an extinguisher. It's, it's almost. It's surreal, and to talk about it, it's, it's like triggering to talk about it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so she brings me the fire extinguisher, and I hit the the, the box. And now it's, it, it's not sizzling anymore. It's not yeah. doing, zzz, but it's still on fire. And that sound, we can't replicate it. It's unlike anything you've ever heard. The movie is when people are getting electrocuted. It it sounds like that. Well, we've all heard it. The, the small degree of it. I'm sure we've all heard it. Oh yeah. Somehow, you know what exactly. It well, it's that. It was that times like 500. You know what I mean? It was loud. So I, I turn out, I put out the fire to fire so sort of pink shit is everywhere. Now, while that's happening, I start hearing fire, beep, beep, fire coming from a totally other part of the store. We have um, the back room where I was working. If you come out of there, you're in like the main area and then around a the corner is where he was with that fire. I'm hearing this fire alarm from a totally other back room through our like little like kitchenette area. Yeah, through, through a couple other rooms yeah. in the back room where the heater there's is. There's a by heater the back and, and like a, a mm. back door. So back she there. goes to check that out. And there's smoke pouring out of our heater. Now it was a 90 degree day that day. The heater was not on. There's smoke pouring out of it. I can't see any flames, but there's smoke just pouring out. While she's checking that, I'm on with 911. Because I know I put out the visible flames, but and, and I know the comics were on fire in front of me that I hit. And I, I you know, after that, I went and started getting buckets of water and pouring it, because I know how it is with embers and, and things. You don't see it sometimes, but it can be. True. And I was afraid that's with the wall. So I called the, the 911 yeah. and said, hey, listen, there was a fire. I just put a fire out, but I don't know if it's in the walls. The fire alarm is still going off. And now I the think we were hit on by fire. lightning. We didn't. We thought we were hit by lightning. And she and the 911 operator, I think, it was a guy. He says, uh, "We know uh, one of your power lines got hit by lightning." So he, it was a very quick conversation, and you can imagine my head was spinning at that sure. point. Yeah. So I only I only know this now because I've re-listened to the 911 tapes. Yeah. That he mentioned someone else called 911 from the street. Um. I didn't, I didn't remember that until I heard it again. Yeah, mm -hmm. he, he conveniently forgot that, which will come up, it'd be, be important again yeah. in a minute. But uh, I mean, he's, I can't blame him. So he's now I'm running and getting, yeah. now we don't know if the, the back wall's on fire. I'm running and getting buckets of water and pouring it on the comic boxes, because the last thing I want is for the store to ignite. And, and it's, yeah. Dude, you know what goes, through, you can imagine what goes through your head. Like uh, there's a chance we're gonna lose everything yeah. right so now. So at this point, I realized there's something going on with the heater that we can't identify. I can't see the flames. I'm, I'm touching it and it's boiling hot to the touch. All of the ductwork coming out of it is boiling hot. Something's going on. And there's smoke, but smoke, we can't we see can't, fire, which we, is yeah. super scary. I'd rather be able yeah. to see the fire. Is it under the floor? Is it right. in the wall? Where is it? Mm -hmm. So we're like, listen, we call 911, we gotta get out of here. I said, Penelope. So, <laughs> go get the Star Wars ten backs. Yes. And get them out of the store. <laughs> two things. Two things happen. Literally, two things happen. <laughs> the family photos and, and the dog yes. of, of this store. Yeah. <laughs> Justin, the heater is a gas heater. We've got to turn off the gas. 
what if this thing explodes? Is it electrified? What's what's on fire? Yeah. So he runs outside to get the gas right. turned off. So we, we, and I run out the front door. Basically, I piled all the Star Wars. I got the superpowers. Everything of a, a very high value. The high value rare. stuff. I literally scooped it. Like, they ask you, what would you do in a fire? I know now. I would grab the 10 bags of superpowers and the high-dollar comics, yep. throw them in a box, and I'm, I'm pulling the box out the front yeah, door. Yeah, our carded cyborg. That's the middle card that, that went out the front door. Yeah, listen. I love that that keeps coming back. I know. So now it's, now uh, you don't wear glasses, Dan. It's torrential. This is one of those oh, yes. summer storms. It's, a, yeah. it's just, you know, like a, so it that, was actually a derecho, yeah. but we didn't know it at the time. Yeah. The storm I mentioned is now in full swing. Which the is the term is that in 40 years of my life I never heard. And now in two two times in the past decade, know, yeah. decade yeah. it's happened. And it's just ridiculous. So <laughs> I run outside immediately. I need windshield wipers on my glasses. Now the tools are in a fucking shed with a combination, combination lock, lock. And it's directly uh. pouring and I can't see out of my glasses. So I'm wiping my glasses. Number. Wipe my glasses. Number. <laughs> a couple a couple tries, I finally get in. I get the wrench and I run over to the gas to turn the gas off into the building. Mm -hmm. Because if the heater's getting hot, what we, what the we, hell? You we know had what I mean? no idea why it was hot, where it was hot. And I'm just like, please hot. don't explode on me. Please don't explode on me. Please don't explode on me. And I finally get the gas turned off. So while he's doing that, I'm loading the truck full of boxes of... I yeah, just, the fire department. Yes. So I'm, I'm getting to that. So I'm filling up the truck with stuff. I realize that the road is on fire. Now, when I say the road is on fire, imagine, hells. close your eyes and imagine um, Marty McFly has just gone 88 miles per hour and disappeared into back to 1955. There is a line of fire on the road. Now, I didn't really realize it at the time. It took me a second to get it. It was the power line that had fallen outside, mm -hmm. laying down on the grass at the, at the edge of the road, hitting the sidewalk at the edge of the road. It started a fire along all the brush line, our mailbox, all the way down the sidewalk to the little patch of woods right next door to the store that had was now a, basically a raging inferno. Uh, so when the fire department pulled up, which it took them less than, I think five or six minutes to yeah, they were get here. there, they were there. And it was <laughs> both, both of the local- And Mays Landing, Hamilton Township PD. I mean, yeah. there was actually a cop uh, before we called 911, I think he saw the line down. So what happened is a tree fell on one of the, they think, because it could have been lightning hitting the tree. Well, anyway, yeah. uh, one of their high tension power lines came down, which is uh, they're each seventy two hundred volts. volts. Now, Oof. what goes into your house is somewhere between two twenty and two fifty. You know, your your hot water heater or or like your 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 regular things run on one ten. Uh, your dryer probably runs on two twenty. Your heater, right? That's the thicker lines. Yeah. <laughs> so when the, those high tension lines go through what's called a transformer at your pole, and that steps down the electric to a manageable level, transforms it into a level that can safely come into your home. Well, yeah. their line fell on our line, skipping the transformer, yeah. and instead of two twenty, we got seventy two hundred. Yeah. And there is no one's home that is is capable of. of yeah. Your breakers are supposed to trip. Right, when too much power, and ours yeah. did. It, it tripped, <laughs> but it was so much power, it welded the breakers together into one massive copper thing, and oh all the electric kept going through, which is what melted every yeah. all the electric. We didn't, of course, we didn't know that. No, now this, yeah, um, no. at this point in the story, um, Justin comes running out from the back. It's still torrentially raining. The fire department has showed up, but they're not coming in. So I come running out, and I see that the fire department's just. It's suddenly on the road, and, suddenly, I, and I yeah. call them saying there's a fire in the store. It suddenly hits me. They can't cross the power line because it's still live and sizzling the road. So th there's a power line like a moat yeah. between them and the store. <laughs> so they can't cross it to get in to, to address the fire. I did not know fire. this. 
Justin didn't know that. I go running to within like five feet of the power line. Dude. <laughs> I know. Because I was going to run up and say, the fire's in here, guys. You know, I, I see that there's some on the road. Yeah. It didn't click. And they're, they're putting out the fire at the road line. Right. Uh-huh. Um, and good on them. They were there super fast. But they're not doing anything to come across. Right. It had suddenly dawned on me why. He's running up, and I scream, Justin! She literally saved my life. It's a lie! Because I would have ran over the power line, and, and that electric can jump up five or six feet, they say, and especially it, in the And it was rain. raining. Right. So anything that was wet, we're wet. I mean, so I stopped, realized, took it in, and said, oh, my God. He literally, back. It's just like Charlie Brown as he's about to kick uh, the football. He's like, <laughs> Anyway, so thank God Justin stopped. And as soon as it, it took them... A good 15 minutes to get yeah. the electricity turned off at the pole or wherever. Well, a couple of them, they were so they, they were even able to bring any trucks in because yeah. it was. But they were like, able to go like all three the way down. Three or four of them were able to come and walk in. Um, the electric company came and took our 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 box, our our you know the the, uh, the meter. The meter they took yeah. it away. Uh, yeah. The fire department came in and like, you know, they did their thing. They they hit any. So it turns out like seven or eight of our actual outlets were also on fire. We didn't even notice. I think it was any any outlet that we've seen so yeah. far. Any outlet that had something plugged into it made power get drawn, and the outlets were there was like seven or eight mini fires in every one of the outlets. And uh-huh. whatever was in front of those outlets. So the fire department was there like all day, um, the, checking the walls because all the problems were electrical, and all your electrical runs under your house and in your walls. Mm-hmm. So the fire department was there all day. The, the electric company, company was there. So it wasn't just us. Dan, you may have even lost power that day. And we apologize. That was our fault. I actually um, don't, no, uh, don't think that I did, actually, because I was working. I was working from home then. So. Yeah. Route 40 was closed for, I think, four hours or so. The power lines, they were working on power lines for like half a mile because it, it fell right in front of our store. But the lines that were affected went for like half a mile in either direction. Um, traffic was stopped for so for hours and hours. It was a hustle and bustle yeah. of firemen, electric. The gas, gas company came. The gas company ended up having to dig up. Like there's something underneath the ground right by our gas meter. They had to dig up because somehow mm. that had been burnt out. Um, well, they also do it. So there's a potential. The gas line. There's a check line at the front of your property, like a metal cap where you could look yeah. and check. I guess your gas. Yeah. Well, the the electric. Their high tension wire was only three feet from that, and they think one of the reasons our heater might have been hot is because there's a potential that the, the electric ran up the gas line through the ground up into the heater. Now it didn't ignite the gas, thank God, because I think yeah. they, they say it's low pressure, or something, but it can still run up the outside of the line, uh-huh. uh, and that's one of the reasons the heater might have gotten melted and the, the HVAC got bad. Uh, we still haven't gotten underneath to look at that. Um, I don't crawl under the building, and we have, you know. <laughs> Um, there are certain things only professionals can do, yeah. and that's one of them. So, we, you know, the craziness of, of four or five hours of all these people there, and then all of a sudden, like, the last fire truck drove away, and Penelope are just standing there. Now, by now, the this, this rain has stopped. Yeah. Um, it ended up being a beautiful day <laughs> after and, the storm. And we just kind of stood there thinking, like, what the hell? We're, what the we're, hell do we do? What, yeah. what is, we're, we're, that's it? We're totally you know I mean? fucked. <laughs> um, and, and to... We didn't have insurance. I mean, I was, you know, it's not a secret and, and I'm not trying to, we were really dumb, but because of COVID, we knew the shutdown was coming, right? Mm-hmm. On 22nd, the shutdown happened. Uh, at the end of March, our insurance was up. Our premium, yeah. you know. It was time for a yearly renewal. renewal. And we hated our insurance company. And the main thing about insurance with a brick and mortar store is the liability for customers, mm-hmm. right? That's the, that's the main reason 
that you have it because God forbid somebody gets hurt in your store, you can't get sued or, you know, uh, your insurance is supposed to cover that. So I was like, well, listen, if they're going <laughs> to shut us down, let's save the $500 a month, find a new insurance company when they say we can reopen and take it from there. That way we can live as frugally as possible yeah. and continue to do what we do. It was, we, we had a list of pros and cons and a list of bills that can go, bills, bills that can't go. Because the bills didn't stop or no. weren't going to stop. And there was no, uh, Dan, I'm sure you've seen me rant on Facebook about this. Absolutely no small business aid ever came through for us. Nope. It's, uh, I don't the Catholic wanna... Church got it all. <laughs> and Shake Shack. Yeah. And the Lakers, um, yeah. The yeah, Lakers, it, it didn't yeah. Go, it did, unfortunately, it didn't go to anybody who, it, I mean, I'm sure it mattered, air quotes, to everyone. But they should have started at the bottom to the people that it really, really mattered for. Yeah. You know, $1,000 would have made, $5,000 would have been the difference between everything with us. You know what if, I mean? We if, would have been able to if keep- If we had gotten, let's say $3,000, we wouldn't have had to-, to Instead, they, not have they decided to start at the top with people who had relationships with banks already, you know, and give the most money to them. Yeah, and from a business perspective, would they rather give a million dollars to 10 companies or, uh, you know, a, a, have to deal with 100 companies? It, from their point of view, the less people they have to deal with, the better. And I get that, but at the same time, I really feel like it should have been a bottom-up kind that of was, thing. It was broken. That whole, that whole idea of the EIDL and the PPP was, was totally broken. It didn't pertain to us. We, do, we didn't see any of it coming, so we decided, what's the worst that can happen without insurance if we're closed? What, are we going to get struck and, by lightning? And guess what? The worst that can happen with insurance <laughs> ha happened. I, well, he's speaking. I, not, it's not, it could have been so much worse. Oh, well. I try to stress that whenever we talk about this. If we had not been there, uh, our electrician came right after all the trucks drove off. He pulled up. He took one look in the box and said, if, if you hadn't been here, the store would have burnt to the fucking ground. No doubt about it. If we hadn't been there, thank God Justin's OCD and he was pouring water on the shit. After the extinguishers were empty, he was pouring water on everything. Thank God. Because mm -hmm. if we hadn't been there to call 911 to do that, the store would have burnt to the ground and we would have lost absolutely everything. Yeah. As it stands, and neither of us got hurt. That's, and, yes. and, and here's another... I always forget to mention that important part. And, and, and here's a, a great optimistic way to look at it, and this is how we've, we've spun it to ourselves. And shit, shit works out anyway. But this terrible thing with the, with the power surge and, and all the fire and all that couldn't have... This terrible thing couldn't have happened at a better time. We weren't open. We were already relegated to being closed and figuring out ways to go. We would have been open and there would have been customers in the Can store. you imagine if the lights went out and the fire started our customers in the store, man? Uh, I, I can't I can't even fathom Traumatizing, that. like, you know, people. I mean, I literally, I'm Get scared. out of the store. I'm traumatized. I can't imagine the store full of kids, people. So, yeah, man, it could have been so much worse. And, you know, that night was very depressing because we didn't know what kind of even the extent, we still don't know the true extent of yeah, the damage because, because, because of COVID still, the, the township, uh, and I don't want to say they're dragging their feet, but there's not enough people to cover, I guess, the job. So we haven't had any inspections. So mm. we, we haven't passed inspection to be able to get yeah. any power back on. My electrician said, listen, yeah. I replaced the panel. We can get the electric back on, and then I'm going to put each breaker on at a time. And it's kind of like a, a water leak. Yeah. You have to have water pressure before you can see where the water leak is from. And same, you have to have electric going to these these problem areas before I can tell you exactly how bad the problem areas are, how bad you know, how many problem areas there are. Yeah. So it, it took uh, our township three weeks to get our permit. permit yeah. It's just and that been, permit, I mean, I shouldn't really say this, but that permit was to do the box work. 
thank God our guy was like, I'll just do it and then get the permit. Yep. I probably shouldn't be saying that. No, he did it. He said get the permit and then as soon as you get the permit, yeah. ask for the inspection. Yeah, it took him three weeks just to get us the permit. That yeah. was last Monday. Yeah. And then we, we had an inspection for Wednesday. They canceled the inspection they, because they have no one to do yeah, it. And they didn't reschedule. They didn't postpone. They canceled the inspection yeah. entirely. And we can't get any electricity turned back on from AC Electric it's stressful. without the inspection. But and they just canceled. They're like, no, we don't know what to do. You're, you're, it's canceled. So that night, <laughs> we were like, holy shit, what do we do? The, the night that this happened. Yeah. yeah. The next day, uh, everyone. You know that scene in, in when Gary Oldman's like everyone in, in uh, the professional. Yeah, everyone heard what happened and said, "How do we help? How do we help?" And we usually try our best. You know, it's it's very hard to accept help, man. It, it when um, we say this on the GoFundMe page, Justin put it great. We don't. It, it, it you're, we're admitting defeat basically, asking for any kind of help or even admitting that we need help. It's 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 a way of admitting defeat, and it's not something we wanted to do. Um, but we realized that the place means a lot to our friends. We didn't want to be expensive friends. You know what I mean? Like we don't want it to cost anything to be our friends. So we, and, and we know that if we ask for help, the immediate circle are going to be the biggest help. That's just how it is. It's your friends. And God, we love our friends so much. We don't want to ask anything of them. But I think it was Penelope's sister who said to us, you need to let the helpers help. You know, the people who want to help. They, they want to. It makes them feel good. It's, it's important to them to be able to re- help their friends. And I get that because vice versa, we, like, it, it, feel, it makes us feel good to help our friends. And so we put it in our friends' hands. And holy shit. Like, uh, we put out a call and, oh, my God. Like, in a day, we couldn't believe uh, the circle of love and, and, and like, uh, it's, support. It's humbling and it's... Uh- I mean, you included, Dan. You and your wife donated. I didn't so, want to call him out specifically. I didn't want to call him out either, but I'm not going to ignore that fact. So thank you again, Dan. I mean, people like you made us realize that what we do matters. And it doesn't just matter to us or to our small circle. It matters yeah. to people. And it, it made us... Well, it's not just reason. our store. It's, no, it's not just our store anymore. It's we, like everyone's, the community. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it makes us feel like we were doing something right that we got such a response like yeah. that. And the, the people that, every share, every like, I mean, we had, uh, I mean, Larry Hama, I'm sure you saw his yeah. share. I, I literally burst into tears. He, he messaged us and said, what can I do we to help We feel so undeserving, man. That's really yeah. what it comes down to. Like, <laughs> I don't know if you can, listen, I'm talking about like, oh, we got cool stuff. But, but like, I don't feel deserving of like people's, like the support in that way it's it's hard to i don't think anybody ever feels deserving right because that's not a feelings people have i mean some assholes do but (laughs) (laughs) i guess so uh, we've lost the summer and that's tough um because it's our best time of year uh and things are open again for the time being i guess until round two of shutdowns comes Oh, man. Um, right now, our tentative plan, we're hoping, is um, like a Labor Day weekend, grand reopening, maybe doing our It's a Toy Show as a combination deal. Mm-hmm. Um, the longer and longer it takes for our township to, to get us going, though, the more I'm, I'm starting to yeah, think. Yeah, it's not just maybe, their fault. I mean, there's no, a lot of work that needs to be done. There so. is. There, there are steps we have to take. The first step is to get us inspected and, and up and going. At that point, our electrician can really start to, to hone in on what and where the problems are. Um, at this heater point, has to be uh, where our heater guy is working on getting the heater uh, situation figured out. The heater is totally toast. Um, 
And we don't know to the extent of, uh, here's the, the biggest thing, the extent of replacing wires and junction boxes. It's a very old building, unfortunately, mm -hmm. yeah. and there are a lot of, inside the plaster walls, a lot of old junction boxes and junction boxes where electric has been run or added in, mm -hmm. and he's not sure how, how bad of a hit some of those junction boxes have taken. Mm -hmm. And if, if he had, we need to start pulling off more sections of wall, that's going to get very time consuming, messy. Uh, it's almost like, it's almost like gutting a house and redoing it. You know, yeah. at the, at the point. So, um, but without any electricity or air conditioning in there right now, it's been really difficult to use the store as our home base. Like we've yeah, been using it's it. Terrible. We've been using it for our, our Bartertown videos as a studio, as a warehouse. Now, it's a hundred degrees. Now we have taken over Penelope's sister's house. Yeah, we're coming to you live from my sister's living room. <laughs> An undisclosed location. <laughs> we've been calling it Muppet Studios. She she's has our, fantastic internet. Yeah, she's our Kermit. When we do our, our, our stuff, she's like the Kermit flailing in the background being our production manager when we're while we're doing our live videos. And her, right. her internet's amazing. No, uh, you know, just a couple of things to point out here. You know, you guys, you know, you had the GoFundMe and it raised twenty-seven, nearly twenty-seven thousand dollars. Which, you know, I, I imagine there's still a lot of work to do. But I, that's that's well. So we asked for twenty-five, right? Like yeah. that was the initial yeah. number. And that you can buy a building for sixty thousand yeah. dollars. We had at that point. So what? What, what we didn't know what we needed we still don't know what we need yeah. so we figured but, i don't care it, listen that's a that's a big number if we hit it great uh between, if it ends up being more than yeah, that between our savings we still we do have some savings have stuff to sell and there yeah. is some stuff that is going of course but between all of that and that we we're we're gonna be all right yeah, we're, we're gonna, gonna get be, through it i mean absolutely. it's gonna suck but we're gonna because mm -hmm. of Dude, all that's a guys, lot of money i mean it, it's got to cover most uh you know depending we might have to do a complete now when i talked about um going into the walls and all that there is a another option and that's cutting all the wiring and just rewiring everything mm -hmm. starting fresh yeah. and and running new wires from the panels into the walls and just mm -hmm. ignoring what's already there i think we're going to go with the obviously the least uh monetary version of that yeah, of course. but he's got to be able to test it first yeah. um that money, though, to be honest with you, because we lost the summer and the summer income, we're doing all right in Bartertown, but we're not doing what we do on a weekly basis of people coming in the store and shopping. I mean, sure. it's great yeah. uh, comparatively. It's a usually two-hour long stream. Um, mm -hmm. Compare. I mean, it's it's amazing for, oh, two, for two hours. hours. Of well, it's, it's also and gearing up um, But of course, gearing up beforehand, packing everything is part of that too. Yeah. But thank God we have that, and thank God we have. Uh, I keep saying it, folks like you that care about what we're doing. Uh, otherwise, we, we would have had Holy to shit, dude. We, when we saw that money, like the first day, I, I think it hit 12000 or something. The like, first 24 hours. The first 24 hours, we made like $13,000. And I was just like, this is unreal. I, I, I don't understand. What did we ever do to deserve right. people caring this much? I mean, when we said $25,000, we're like, this is a pie in the sky. Mm -hmm. Like, you it's, know, that'll cover hopefully most of it. Or, or um, you know, if we can get out. Listen, if we can... If maybe maybe will there be extra? I don't I don't think so because we replaced the air conditioning. We don't know, so yes, we put that number yeah. out not knowing, but we're gonna be okay. So the HVAC, just to go over this, 
the HVACs totally fried, 100%, all of it. <laughs> all of our air conditioners, everything, all of them, because they were all on at the time. It was yeah, they were all plugged in. The, and heater, the heater itself, totally toasted. Now, Refrigerator. It was an older heater, so. Computer I, with our entire fucking POS. Yeah. Oh, that's our, brutal. Yeah, all, yeah. all of our inventory. <laughs> All of our, yeah. I don't want to think about re-inventory. No, the good yeah. thing is they already all have SKUs, yeah. so I think we can just go in there and just hit them. Hit, yeah. You know what I mean? So that's yeah. not as, as a big thing. Uh, the computer, the, the, what did you mention? Uh, your, my laptop I was working on. Um, the, yeah, the laptop, you know what's funny? Um, search what? protectors didn't matter. I mean, matter of fact, no, our search protectors are Not at that voltage. <laughs> they were just, uh, at, with the, the outlet packs, it's not really a search protector, so. So there are some of them are better. They actually have a fuse oh, in them. Oh, some of them have fuses in them. These were just um, the um, so far the only thing. protectors are power strips, but not all yeah. power strips. Yeah, are yes. that's exactly right. Thank um, you. I'm an IT guy. Believe yeah. me, <laughs> this is they're in my bread and butter right there. Perfect. They're power yeah. strips. Well, the computer was on a surge protector. It didn't matter at yeah. all. I mean, that's that voltage. Volts. It didn't matter. Yeah. Well, it's funny, man. If you look at the outlets, we didn't notice this until a couple days after. Um, you see the black. It's, it's like well, it's like somebody hit our outlets with like mascara all on the <laughs> yeah. outside. It's that's There's why soot, soot yeah, exactly come, that outlets. came out of all the outlets, which yeah. was I think lent to the um, all the smoke in the back room because like I said, we didn't see actually see fire. Turns out it was all the outlets and whatever. There was probably a junction and box the where the heater was plugged yeah. in that mm -hmm. that. Um, or the gas. We we still don't know. We still don't know. Um, one of we our haven't had an HVAC guy in yeah. until we get electric. Because it's pitch things. black right. and hot. Um, one of our TVs was okay because it wasn't on. And so far, mm. that and my phone was plugged in. My phone was okay. Those are the two things that survived. Interesting. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and we lost about three grand in comics, which yeah. sounds like holy shit. But honestly, it was about a thousand three dollar books, which is a much less of a big deal than one three thousand dollar book. It was a yeah. lot of stuff that we were uh, keeping in reserve for. Um, we do a food drive. Basically, like, uh, you drop off two pieces of food for the food drive, mm -hmm. and we give you two comics. That's our good good read for a good deed thing. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of our um, comic backstock that we've been using for that. Yep. Um, since that happened, we've had three people donate comics back issues for, from their own collections. For the good read. Just for the good read for a good deed food drive. Listen, this um, whole... People we, are amazing. Yeah, we said this before the, uh, before the fire even happened. Uh, the pandemic has brought out the best of the best in people and the worst of the worst in people, which I think happens yeah. a lot when it comes to uh, a crisis of any kind. Crisis is, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I, I, I don't even know what to Hi. say. It's been crazy. <laughs> Anything else on the timeline? I'm not sure. <laughs> Let's talk about how we met again. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know what you meant. You mentioned Larry Hama for for a split second. Uh, you know, you you guys have have a little bit of history with 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 the man uh, behind I'm, I'm, so many GI Joes. What 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 was his uh, what was his what did his contribution end up uh, being there? So I start with the COVID because he reached yeah. out during COVID. So Larry reached out to us initially in April and said, uh, basically, I love you guys. How can I help? And we didn't. I don't. Wanna, we didn't blow him off, but we were like Larry. There are so many more people that did. We're we're all right. We're we're getting by. We're gonna be okay. Yeah, we figured it out. Um, you know, we're, we're doing we're, things. Please, uh, you. We love you. Help people that need and it again, more than us. Again, we're not good at. Uh, we're not good at accepting, accepting help. help. <laughs> we're, just, we're just not good at it. We're it's not good tough. at it. It's it's. it's so we we kind of like oh, Larry, you know, we're, we're all right, and because and also he left it in our hands, which was like. 
well, what the hell am I, I mean, I don't want to ask him yeah, for anything. Yeah, he was right. sort of like, how can we help? And just to put this into some perspective. And I said, just reaching out, man, we, that's it. That's we've, uh, we met Larry at New York Comic Con, like, 12 years ago, I was in my Baroness outfit, and he like geeked out on me in my Baroness costume. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm geeking out. Justin's like nearly in tears. I'm like, sir, thank you for my yeah. my fantastic childhood. And... You know, I, I was the, the epitome of like, yeah. every guy that meets him for the first time is that guy. Like, mm -hmm. G.I. Joe was my life as yeah. a kid. Meanwhile, yeah. Larry's like, can I have a picture with you? To me, totally. and I'm like, ah! Um, and I friended him on MySpace. Not in a creepy way. Not creepy, beautiful, it was beautiful. I friended him on MySpace. And we became friends on MySpace. That transitioned into Facebook. You know, fast forward. And then once we started having him at Free Comic Book Day. And then we had him at Free Comic Book Day, I think, became, three times. You know, once you know. once I was doing 115 in my car on the expressway with him, and he was white-knuckled like this, I was like, <laughs> we're either friends yeah. or he's never going to talk to yeah, me again. Yeah, we, we almost, he, we, we were picking him up from <laughs> This was a test you passed. <laughs> yeah, it's dropping him off. We passed the test. We, I, we were almost late for his train. Yeah, we took him out to dinner after Free Comic Book Day, and we almost missed his train. And oh, Justin's wow. literally doing 115. And I'm like, and I look at my and watch, Larry and he is, doesn't know the distance between Maze Lane yeah. and 30th Street Station, Philly. <laughs> and I, I look at my watch, and I was like, no. Now and Larry. I, and now, and now, oh my, and I can't tell Larry Hammer, listen, man, you can't go home tonight. Yeah. So I was like, all right, Mr. Hammer, we're going to go. We're going to go. So, no, I think we were on Larry terms at that point. Yeah, we were on so Larry he's in the passenger seat, like holding his, his and briefcase. He's, his, facially, he looks fine. We're talking. Now we're talking, having a conversation. Meanwhile, but in my head, I'm like, I'm doing like a buck 15 on the And he's white knuckle. He's like got his briefcase like, like this. But I'm acting like it's no big deal. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, man, issue 47 was one of my favorites. flying up the expressway. Larry's sitting there talking to me but i could see his knuckles are bare white but he, you cannot tell by his voice that there's anything wrong at all so we made it to the station and i said to penelope after he got out i was like we're never gonna see that man again yeah. so the fact that we're still, the fact that we're still friends yeah we, right. we did it we're actually, actually we're actually like, friends i, I feel call like that, that strengthened our relationship yeah. with him um if at all possible but uh, anyway, after, so he reached out and we were like, Larry, we don't want to inconvenience you, man. You know, you're, the whole pandemic, he's- Yeah, he's, everyone's yeah, dealing with it, you know? I, yeah. The last thing I want to do is inconvenience this amazing man who loves us. Uh, Larry, you know, we're, we're, we'll, be, we'll, be, right. we'll be cool, thank you. Well, he reached out again after the fire and said, how can I help you? Well, in between there, we were like, hey, and, he, oh, he course, left his- He left, his, he lives in the city, but he also has a place yeah. outside the city. And he left and went outside. He's been in quarantine. Like, hey, man, you know, yeah. you and the family, we follow him on Facebook. He posts every day of what is he eating today, and I look forward <laughs> to his posts because his wife and his daughter are amazing cooks. Um, so we've been keeping in touch. But after the fire, he he shared our GoFundMe unprompted. Donated. He, he donated. He put his money where his mouth was and donated. I'm crying. He donated money to us. Um, uh, wrote a beautiful thing about us that I don't think I deserve. Um, and then I got a message that then, said, yeah. uh, I'm sending these to you. This That's, is Justin's Larry Hama impression. Um, <laughs> and, he, and there were pictures of him. Like, it was an original sketch of Snake Eyes. Yeah. Uh, it, was, it, was a, it was a Larry Hama um, action figure that just came out that he signed and said. Yeah, it's actually so, an action figure of him. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It was a Kickstarter in 2017. Yeah, it just came out. Uh, uh, but it just, it just got released. Yeah. So, um, and there was a picture of him with each thing next to his face, like holding it up yeah. next to his face. <laughs> and he was like, these pictures are your, are your uh, certificates of authenticity. Yeah. <laughs> so he, he donated to us a uh, original Snake Eyes sketch that he did just for us for this. Yeah. Um, a signed variant cover of um, Real American Hero, G.I. Joe, Real American Hero, issue 271. Mm -hmm. um, mm. A Larry Hama action figure signed 
with a bonus, like Larry Hama of Arashikage clan. Hama. You know, it sucks. Hama. We always mispronounce his name because I was, you know, since 1982, I've been reading him. So, and then when you, when I, you know, as a kid, I'm reading it, you know, post box the pit in the back of the GI Joe, and I see his name, and as an American kid, I'm like Hama. So in my head, it's always been Hama. He actually, uh, it's Hama. He just posted about this the other day. I know, and I try rhyme, my best. It does not rhyme with Alabama. It's Hama. Yeah. Um. So the Larry Hama action figure with the bonus, like Larry, uh, Larry hat. He always wears a baseball cap. You never <laughs> see him without one. Um. So he's got a little baseball so cap. So what's cool about his um, sketches? A trading card, like a Larry Hama yep. trading card. And then a little Hamas grape soda G.I. Joe uh, sticker. This isn't super known, but, you know, he did uh, 155 issues of G.I. Joe for Marvel. Mm -hmm. um, he storyboarded. You know, he doesn't get a lot of credit for pencils and stuff. But, I mean, he, he storyboarded it and did the, the layouts for tons of those books. Um, famously, issue 21, mm -hmm. you know, the silent issue. He, he just didn't have a story written. And he... He laid that whole thing out. He did all the pencils for that. And yeah. then, you know, somebody else inked it and all that. So his sketches are cool, man, and they're very reminiscent of that era, you know, G.I. Joe sketch. I mean, they're not inked or anything. And, and, but the guy, you know, he can, he can draw. He, you know, he studied under, under, under uh, Woody. Uh, what the hell is Woody's last name? Well, Woods. Um, Wally Wood. Wally Wood. Yeah, Wally Wood was, was one of Larry's first. Uh, in, and Wally Wood created, what was that, the uh, – the 16 panels everybody needs to know, or there's a specific number of panels that every artist needs to know. Look it up. Wow. Yeah, there's a, he, so while I would drew this thing, it's like a, a certain number of panels every comic artist should know. And, it, and it's like a close up, and it's like an action shot. Now it's I'm like, the, now I'm it's like the generic, <laughs> uh, uh, the generic boxes, like the generic, it's just cool stuff. 22 yeah. panels that always work. Maybe that's what it is. Thank you. Yeah. But um, what I love about Larry's sketches is that his his military stuff is always accurate. Yeah. Because he was in he the military. He loves his guns. He, and his stuff is always, like, pinpoint accurate, like, down to the well, bullets. as a kid, uh, reading G.I. Joe, so there'd always be a little note bubble at the bottom in yellow. When, when somebody used slang or, like, a shortened version of what a weapon was, it would mm -hmm. always say, like, what, what, the, what it stood for as the weapon. And I always thought the, that minutiae, as a kid, spoke to me so much. It made me love, like, that military aspect of stuff. And not even the minutia, but he never talked down to kids when he was writing. Mm -hmm. You know, you, he wrote what he wrote, and if you didn't know what it meant, you looked it up and you learned something. And he's still, he just had a, we had a conversation about the other day. Uh, that's how he writes. He doesn't think you should be dumb, dumb things down. Teach somebody something. I love it. He also doesn't write in big arcs. I wish he did. <laughs> He doesn't really plan out big arcs, which I, I, I love arcs. You know what I mean? I love some yeah. big story arcs. He's more of a one, you know, he's done two or three arcs here and there, but I think he forgets sometimes the things he sets up years and years ahead of time. You know, he started out in 82. I'm just, I'm just writing this stupid kids book you know, based on. Yeah. I, I got saddled with this licensed book. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, no, he didn't just. He didn't just do GI Joe. He worked on Wolverine. Oh, they know. Um, oh. And, yeah. and, uh, I didn't. So I didn't did a year this. on Batman. Two thousand. Yeah. yeah. One of my favorite Iron comic. Fist. One of my favorite comic characters of all time is Spider Ham. I had no idea until last year that he co-created Spider Ham, and my my head exploded. Yeah, that was that was weird. I didn't know that either. Spider Ham. He's actually working on something now with Run DMC. It just got yeah. announced like yesterday. Yeah. Oh no shit. Him, yeah. Run DMC, and Amy Shu are doing uh, something. And I awesome. know um, uh, McDaniel, uh, what's his name? 
Daryl? Daryl, DMC. DMC, it does comic books, right? Like he, yes, he does. He does stuff. So they're doing something together. I don't know what it is. I'm excited. It's cool as shit. Yeah. Listen, guys, Larry Hama, real American hero. I mean, yeah. no doubt. Oh, hey, dude. Yeah. oh yeah. I mean, and he's a he's a true Renaissance man. That term was invented for him. Yeah. He's a writer, an editor, a, an, an artist, an actor. He was in episodes of Mash. Yeah. He was on Broadway in Pacific Overture. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's a musician. He's probably gonna cure COVID. <laughs> <laughs> he's actually Dr. Anthony Fauci. <laughs> you know all those Chuck Norris memes. Screw that guy. It should be Larry Hama yes. instead. Exactly. And now you know. <laughs> uh so uh, you know as we're uh, you know as we're hitting like the hour and a half uh you know mark well actually no no there's still something there's one more thing there's one more thing just one just one more thing yeah i can't i can't do i can't do the columbo i'll leave that to you matt but you guys got nominated for a retail eisner uh on top of all of this so uh, the store catches on fire. Everything's crazy. COVID. Oh, Patty from San Diego Comic-Con emails me. Congratulations. You've been nominated for an Eisner for the third year in a row. If I could pile more things that we're not deserving of, our friends love, people caring, bank. an Eisner. Um, I, well, I would be remiss if I didn't mention Bank. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, Bank is the, the book industry charitable foundation. Mm-hmm. Um, bank paid our rent for the last two months. Yep. Oh, Wow. Bink, Bink is the only- We don't live in the store, obviously. We don't live in the live store, home. yeah. Bink has paid our rent at our house for the last two months. Yep. Bink is an amazing organization. They're amazing. All that, the Jim Lee did work with them yep. for a comic retailer fund. Bink is amazing. More than the government ever did yes. anything. There's no- there, A uh, small, you yes. know- uh, they're out of Group Michigan. Like uh, they're, yeah. they're amazing. I mean, I mean, talk about the pandemic bringing out the best in people, especially yeah. early on, seeing all the money that went to bank, the whole uh, Creators for Comics campaign. Amazing. That, that was something. It absolutely Seeing amazing. the industry come together and then seeing Diamond kind of when, to fall yeah. apart and then yeah. all, all that, which is holy crap. But I don't think I answered your question. The whole I feel oh, yeah, like Eisner. The Eisner and the Oh, yeah, retail Eisner. <laughs> To me, the Eisner and the Bink are kind of uh, not one and the same, but they, they go hand in hand. It's industry stuff. Because it's comic mm-hmm. industry stuff. And sure. uh, I found out about Bink because of these comic groups that I'm in. And it, I don't know who mm-hmm. keeps nominating us for well, this Eisner Award. <laughs> it's a, really, it's a Lifetime Achievement Award. And that's how I, that's, it's almost like. I just gave her a double take because I don't, what the hell does that mean? We're not, there's no lifetime achievements in the movie. That's what well, I Well, you mean. were nominated for directing Gangs of New York, right? <laughs> <laughs> or no, no. What is Scorsese nominated for? The Departed. The Departed. <laughs> the way that they treat the Eisner uh, spirit, it's the Will Eisner Spirit of Retail, uh, Spirit of Comics Retail Award. It's the official title. Um, Will Eisner wanted to give back to the stores that supported him and his work uh, all his life. Um, and that's where it came from. Um, San Diego Comic-Con now kind of spearheads it, um, along with the Will Eisner Foundation, who donated to our GoFundMe, by the way, which I probably shouldn't have mentioned. I just think that we're, um, you know, we're, we're on uh, a lot of radars uh, that well, I'm not sure how we got on these radars. You know, we're, we are very, like, look at me. We love the talk. <laughs> look, you know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, we, you know, we've, we've done some, we've done what we can to like they're good deed for a good read and, and we you know we share a lot of stuff so we're always in trying to be involved and i think we're on some radars because of that that's the only thing the only way i can uh like 
quantify it, quantify that, any of that yeah. in my head like I, I don't know, man. I, I don't, I don't even, before we were nominated for an Eisner, I didn't know what a fucking Eisner was. You know what I mean? Like it, was, it wasn't, that wasn't, that part of the industry and part of what we do wasn't even Yeah, I mean, the Eisners, for anyone who's maybe listening that doesn't know what they are, the Eisners are basically the Oscars of comics. And to be nominated for a Will Eisner Spirit Retail Award is sort of like a Lifetime Achievement Award for a comic shop. Now, we've only been on our own as a standalone location for three years. You know, we had partners for seven years. We've been in business for 10 years total. I, there are stores that have been nominated that have been out there for 20, 30 years. I can't believe that we are even standing next to them. It's, I think it's it blows my mind. We're, we're, we're very, uh, we're, we're proactive on social yeah, media. We're pro, that's it. That's a good way to put it. Um, we're proactive on social media. We, and again, like Justin said, with the good read for a good deed, we, we do these small things that we can locally just to try to, help people out and I guess maybe they saw our commercial maybe they saw our wonderful commercial uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't I, I to be honest uh, as part of the Eisner nominations they ask you to submit a five-minute video about your store I just submitted the commercial because I couldn't I couldn't <laughs> film what am I gonna do film a, a video in a pitch black hot store so I just submitted the commercial. Here you go, here you go, guys. Have fun with that. Quick, um, quick plug for your commercial, actually. Uh, you know, first of all, everybody go to YouTube and, and look up the Farpoint uh, commercial because uh, friend of the show, Third Amigo, Rob Lynch is in it and past guest Paul Brown is also in it. So you'll see, you'll see some, well, I call them familiar faces, but this is an audio podcast. But there's, there's people who've been on the show that are, that are in it. So. Oh, yeah. With all the local luminaries, man. Well, not all, but a lot of the local luminaries were in there. You know, our, it was our it was our circle, our circle mm -hmm. of friends. How come he wasn't there that day? Yeah, Dan, why weren't you? Well, there? I was probably I probably had to work. I know you were invited. I no, believe me. I yeah, no, I I, I probably couldn't get out of work. <laughs> hey, as long as you, I didn't want to say that him not be invited. Yeah, of course, we invited. <laughs> of course, he was invited. Don't be ridiculous. Yeah. Don't be ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah, as far as the Eisners go, I humbled, uh, blown away. In the middle of everything that was going on, to get that email from Patty from San Diego Comic Con was insane. Um, and like I said, the, the Will Eisner Foundation donated to our GoFundMe. I, I couldn't believe it. Being nominated is amazing. Um, there are so many so, yeah. amazing stores that have been nominated this year. We're so beyond humbled to be if alongside If you find them. out how we're on their radar, please let us know. <laughs> because Frank and I, Penelope always brings up, she's like, oh my God, the Eisners. And we're, we just look at each other like, what the fuck are the Eisners and why are we even, why are we even on the radar? I mean, we're, we're, we're a toy store. We're a comic shop. We're a game shop. You know, we, we, we're not a typical diamond store. And I don't want to say that well, the other yeah, but, stores, okay. I don't want to say the other stores nominated are, and we're not, they, they all are different in what they do and how they do it. Mm -hmm. um, I think last year, one of the nominees is also a tattoo shop in addition to being. So yeah, they're expanding what they do. Yeah. So I think our heart shines through, you know what I mean? Um, we don't do anything else. Thing. The people there, there's people that do a lot more than us uh, for the for the community as a whole, obviously. But I think maybe our heart comes through, or our passion comes through. Maybe that maybe that gets to people, and they and they they appreciate that. I want to say that um, uh, when we were partnered uh, with Level Up, um, there are other awards we were involved in. You know, what I mean, Diamond. So obviously, I'm like, what the fuck are the Eisners? But I know about the Diamond Spirit of Retail Awards. Mm -hmm. And uh, and and maybe we got on some radars there because we we did the uh, window display. We won best window display there, mm -hmm. and Level Up did. Uh, I think they got best uh, Halloween comic fest, which we were you know we were all hand in hand in putting all that stuff together when we were together. So 
I, you know, maybe we're but, on some radars yeah, from yeah, doing that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, I think we're just boiling it down. The Eisners weren't the first time we've been on the radar of comic industry folks, right. maybe. Um, but yeah, we won the, I was, I couldn't believe we won the 2012 inaugural. It was the first time they'd ever done it. Mm-hmm. We won best in industry window display, 2012 Diamond BPA. It's so funny it's, because we had done the window display before that happened and as soon as they like i remember greg coming to me and saying they're doing a best window display thing and i said greg we fucking won and we did <laughs> <laughs> was that was that the year of the gi joe transformer display or uh, the marvel, marvel uh, legends display it was the, it was the first one it we was won the, for the, the, marvel. the marvel one yeah um and we didn't win for the he-man one we we, we entered it but i'll tell you why because diamond didn't solicit the maddie collector toys Diamond did solicit Marvel Universe, which is what we used in that window display. But right. they had nothing to do with the Maddie Collector He-Man toys we used for it. Because listen, that He-Man window display was better than the first one. It's it, that He-Man display should be in the Louvre. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. It, exactly. Instead, it's in the, it's in a warehouse behind our store right yes. now. A hot, dark warehouse behind. I our miss. Shop. That's the one thing I miss about being in a mall-like atmosphere is uh, being able to do a window display like that. Mm-hmm. We don't have a window at the store. We don't have space at the store. It, and, and our windows go to the outside, and the sun would just destroy anything that, we built. That being, said, that being said, we do have a life-size raptor in an actual little pond Okay, so we have a one-one store. scale Jurassic Park display. <laughs> we do. We have one-one scale but Jurassic you know what Park we've done. <laughs> you know what we've done to kind of... Um, since we can't do the window spaces, we've done, we started the museum aspect of the store, which is something that was always laying beneath the surface that we never embraced out loud until this past year, I guess. Yeah. So we being collectors ourselves, there's stuff that comes in the store that we don't want to sell. And it's hard for us to justify keeping that stuff. Enabling each other. Yeah. It's really hard (laughs) to justify keeping that stuff. Well, we finally figured out how we're a museum. So when we yep. something really cool comes in or we get an entire collection of something, we can put it in a case with a little museum tag and people can come in and check it right. out. And we don't have to be stressed out about trying to sell it because it's part of the museum. Do you remember <laughs> about four hours ago when I mentioned that um, <laughs> when, when people come in to, at the store and sometimes it's the husband's a collector and the wife is just there browsing and you mm-hmm. can see the nostalgia hit them when they're like, oh my God, I had that. Well, we, we full on embrace that with the museum idea where now there are set displays that will always be there that when you come in to buy, you know, whatever it is you're buying, your significant other is going to look at this stuff and be like, oh my God, that's a complete Star Wars collection. Every figure from 77 to 85, every counter figure. That's a complete strawberry shortcake collection. Right. So so we like like that so much that people react to that stuff that we wanted to embrace it. Mm -hmm. And although we do sell the stuff, we have, you know, plenty of Star Wars for sale. We want to have complete collections on display of this stuff, too. Because, man, how cool is it if there's a rainy day on the Ocean City Boardwalk? Hey, let's go check out that museum, that store, that toy museum offshore. It's really just a way for us to keep shit that we don't want to sell. (laughs) Um, uh, But, again, we enable each other. And it... You know, imagine one day that we retire, but someone buys our idea of the store and continues the concept of some sort of toy museum and it stays yeah. far point stays far point for a, a generation, a couple of generations to come, you know, always updating with the newer stuff because so, there's going to be a time. Everything we do is kind of cyclical up until the eighties. Like, you know, uh, what toy line, you know, uh, howdy doody has had his time, yeah. 
You know what I mean? It's, I actually, it's, I, I made up the howdy doody effect. It's like a circle. Stuff starts at the top, it's really hot, it comes down, no one cares about it. It ends up coming back around as a collectible. They hit a certain age, but yeah. then once that once they hit a certain age and they go past it, they kind of get too old and then there's there's no, there has been no updates of howdy doody, so no one cares anymore. Yeah. I think that changes though with our generation because mm -hmm. Star Wars keeps getting re-updated. Star Wars, Star yeah. Wars you know, these, these These franchises are evergreen yeah. because, the, you know, something happened. Star Wars happened, really. Star Wars happened. In yeah. the late 70s. Yeah. And all these franchises decided, all these brands decided, like, oh my God, we can make money off these things forever and ever and ever. Mm -hmm. um, so, so, you know, in some way, there's always going to be Star Wars or Ninja Turtles or something in the cases at that store. I hope after we leave the store, someone decides my daughter really but she doesn't care at all so someone buys it from us and decides to keep going with the idea how, how cool is it there's a toy museum down by the shore you know uh, I, just, I just love the idea of it i think it's a great idea you know how can people uh you know follow you guys support what you're doing watch the the farpoint Blottertown shows all that so all that good stuff. um sundays at 5 p.m eastern standard time on facebook live just check out facebook.com slash farpoint toys all lowercase, all one word. Um, that's when we're doing our barter towns. Um, and even after we're allowed to reopen, we're going to continue. So if someone's yeah. listening to this a year from now, as long as we're still alive, we're going to do barter towns and at five o'clock. We're basically <laughs> Farpoint Toys across every platform. Yep. So, uh, we, you know, farpointtoys.com, our Instagram, our Facebook, our Twitter, our YouTube. We have, a, we have Snapchats. I don't know how to use. We're on that. Yeah. Uh, everything. <laughs> but we've got them. Uh, but it's far. Yeah, we got them. <laughs> I don't know how to do it, but we've got them. It's Farpoint Toys across the board. Um, all lowercase, all yeah. one word. Um, two T's. Two T's in the middle, yes. Farpointtoys.com. Uh, That's it for this week's show. As a reminder, WMQ&A and WMQ Comics are now part of the Xavier Files media empire meaning you can find all our great comics coverage, along with some of the best X-Men and Marvel criticism around, at XavierFiles.com. You can listen to WMQ&A on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and at XavierFiles.com, where new episodes move Tuesday mornings. You can support WMQ&A at Patreon.com slash WMQComics, where just a dollar donation gets you early access to episodes, shoutouts on the podcast, and a customized bonus reading column written by Matt Lazowitz, built around the character, creator, or theme of your choice, and a $2 donation gets you a free random comic in the mail for my collection. Big thanks to our patrons, Charlie Davis from the Young Ones and Match Club podcasts, Robert Secundus from Docs Talks at XavierFiles.com, Scott Madrinsky from Mojo'sWork.com, Carla Pacheco from Marvel Spider-Woman series, Saren, and Lan M from Lan's Vids. You can follow WMQ Comics and Xavier Files on Twitter and Facebook, and you can follow me on Twitter at Daniel P. Grote, and Matt Lazowitz at MattLaz1013. Not a fan of social media? Sign up for our weekly Q newsletter, which gives you our best content every week in your inbox, plus sneak peeks at what's ahead and an early look at our Sunday editorials. And until next week, in the immortal words of Abraham Lincoln, be excellent to each other. W -N -Q -A.